0: so that's in a wretch Me. My chains are gone, I've every free, my God, my Savior, has wrestled me, and like a flood, His mercy reigns, unending love. And portion be as long as life endures my chains are gone I've been set free my God my Savior has rest in me I like a fly. Savior we are going to be unending you're love. Shall soon dissolve like snow. The sun forbear to shine. God, who called me here below, will be forever.
1: And take your Bibles, turn to Psalm 73, Psalm 73, you know, this week I have had so many different things i thought about, I mean, <laughs> and of worship, see up your worship. Are you worthy to worship? I had something happen? Start doubting. Did I do the right decisions? And it—it's it, you know we all do it. We all think maybe it's a choice you make, or you maybe it's even the hairstyle you picked. You know, because once you pick a hairstyle, you're stuck with it for a while. Or have you ever doubted about the clothes you wear when you gone out somewhere? And, and all these things, you know, doubt can get hold of us. It, it's something, you ever had something that just gets at you and it, it it eats at you, it grips you, it tears you apart. You know, you don't get no rest because you're constantly thinking about it. You know, what does the Bible tell us to do? It says, bring your problems to the Lord. You know, I know how many of y'all say that? Like, said that? said the night. Because doubt is something, you know, it's a powerful thing. It can tear you up. It can make you sick with anxiety, worry, and, and it's one of Satan's biggest tools that he uses against us as Christians because if we have doubt in our life, then we don't focus on the right things. And, and that it's amazing and i thought about it as I, as i struggled with this this week I, i'm like lord give me i, I need something to, to 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 grasp hold of to grab my doubt you know to understand that that doubt is not just something that happens to this ever you know it happens to everybody and, and so the the lord gave me a psalm in psalm 73 it's a psalm, it's fast. and it's he, he was a gifted individual david called him to 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 write music and to sing in the temple, and there's a couple of psalms that are uh, that are credited to him that he wrote as his time in the temple, and and you know you you think he 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 praised the Lord, he did it with music and with words and and different things, but he too suffered from doubt, just like us. And this psalm is a psalm about Lord, I've got doubt about what I'm seeing because as he, he looks out, you know, he starts off, he says, truly God is good to Israel, even to such as are a clean heart. But as for me, my feet are almost gone. My steps had well nigh slipped. Something happened that that upset him. He said, God's been blessing us, but I, I'm, I'm having problems. And if you look, he says, Look at the next verse. He says, for I was envious at the foolish when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. He's looking out and he says, God, you're blessing this, but then I look and I see all these people who, they don't care about God. They don't seem to do anything. They're wicked, and yet they too are prospering. They too have it made, and I don't understand. And it really upset him. It started causing him to have doubt. Now you think he's one of David's chosen Temple leading worship. in song. And here he's starting to doubt. And it, it started to gnaw at him and to rob him. His joy and, and, and everything. His determination. Go down to verse 13. Or maybe I got to verse 12. And it says, and they say, how does God know? There is knowledge in the Most High. He said, the wicked act like, well, God don't care about us. How does he even know what we're doing? He said, behold, verse 11, he said, behold. Barely I have cleansed my heart in vain and washed my hands in innocence." innocence. He said, God, I've done what you asked. I've I've, I've come to the temple. I've cleansed myself. I've I've been pure in your sight. Why? Because everybody else who, who don't, they've got it made better than me. You ever had that happen? You start looking like, well, God, why am I going through something when other people who, who don't, don't seem to love you or care about you seem to have it made? It's almost like getting up on Sunday mornings and, and coming to church. Is, is worthless. And that's how he felt. And it was painful. It was hard. And he didn't grasp it. He didn't, he didn't realize why it was happening. And so as I read this psalm and I realized who this man was and God said, you know, doubt makes you do a lot of different things. So I took the word doubt and I spelled it out and I said, you know, the first thing that doubt does, it makes you cry. Like Peter, you ever think about Peter? Here's a guy who has been with Jesus the whole time. You're doing know, your faith, I'm going to build my church. You're Peter the rock. That rock I'm going to build my church on. Peter, you know, he's loud, he's boisterous. He said things sometimes that, you know, you know he, he, he didn't think things through. Like, you know, Jesus, I'll be with you to death. He, he ain't never planned that. But Jesus said, you're going to deny me. He said, oh, no, Lord, no, I won't. But a little bit of doubt could make you deny. Because you think in Matthew 26, verse 69, it said, Peter sat without the palace, and the damsel came unto him, saying, was with Jesus of Galilee. But he denied them, denied before them all, saying, I don't know what you say. Isn't it amazing how doubt can take the strongest Christian you know and make them just as worldly as anybody else? You know, this brave man, he's warm, but he still, the fear caused him to forget the words that Jesus had told him. Because back in Matthew chapter 10, verse 33, Jesus had told him, whosoever shall deny me before men, him also will I deny before my Father, which is in heaven. You know, I'm probably pretty sure Peter heard those words and and you think about it, how many of us know that. But in our actions, when we're doubting, when we're having problems, do we live up to what we say in this verse that, Lord, I'll never deny you. Doubt will make you deny because you know you what you you don't want one more thing. That night you think about what was going on in Peter's life. His master had been taken prisoner. His his what he based his his life on. He had left everything to follow this man, and he's been taken prisoner. You know, sometimes we 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 give Peter and all them disciples a a bad time because they fled, but. There was so much going on, they started doubting the words that God had told them. And you think, we do the same thing. And we only stand just a little bit between us and denying Jesus. You say, I would never verbally deny him. No, but we deny him with our actions a lot of times. And we don't realize that it's, it, it's something that's contagious. It, it's, it's a bad thing. It's like it grows you know, today how how do you how do you look at yourself today? Are are you holding up when you're not here in the house? You think it's easy to be strong here among the brethren, but when you're out in the world, how do you hold up? You know, we got to choose. It's like we need to draw a line in the sand and say, "This is it. This is as far as it's going to go." You know, we gotta we gotta think about. It. Just like Peter, who had God's grace just poured out on him after he denied Christ. And I guarantee everybody here if you would be honest with yourself, you'd be Christ. But it also that God's grace, that amazing grace, can grab and bring you back. It helps us to remember what Peter said, always like this. Here, Peter, a man who denied, understood what it was like to, to deny God, tells us this. He says in First Peter chapter 2, verse 9, he says, But ye are a chosen generation. Do you get that? A royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. He said that that, that you should show forth. The praises of him that called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. He said, man, we got something going on that we don't. And you notice what he didn't say. He didn't say that you sang. He didn't say that you, you talked. He said that you show forth the praises. Live it. Don't just say it on Sundays. How do you de- defeat denial and doubt? It's by living it Monday through Sunday, not just on Sundays. The next thing is is that, and that is going to be the letter O. And I said, you know, doubt makes you see nothing but obstacles. You ever been there where everything looks worse than it really is? How many of you have conversations in your head before you have a conversation? This is how I want it to go. This is how I want it to go. The mountain before we realize it. Oh, this is going to be. You know, give me the words. Give me the wisdom. Be with me as I go into this. Many times we wait till we're in it, then we're going, wow, well, look how big that mountain is. Look how big that problem is that I've got. You know, and, 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 and we don't think about what Jesus said in Matthew 17, verses 18 through 20. Jesus said this, Jesus rebuked him, the devil and departed out of him, and the child was cured that very hour. There was a man who brought his child to the, to the to the disciples while Jesus is up on the mountain with Peter, James, and John. Then the disciples could not rebuke the demon that was in this child. They tried. They tried everything. They all Jesus doing. They tried everything. But listen to what he tells them as it goes on. It says, then the disciples, then came the disciples to Jesus apart and says, why could we not cast them out? Why couldn't we do it? And he says, because, Jesus said unto them, because of your unbelief. For verily I say unto you, if you had the faith as a grain of mustard seed, you shall say unto this mountain, Remove henceforth to yonder place, and it shall be removed, and nothing shall be impossible to you. But you see what it is, is doubt makes you see a mountain. Doubt makes you see a giant. Doubt makes you see the storm instead of the truth. It puts these obstacles in so that you quit focusing on the faith in Jesus Christ and focus on the problem before you. We see the, giant. you think about with with, with David and Goliath, a whole camp full of soldiers, professionally trained men who could defeat somebody. He was too big. There's a mountain in front of me that's too tall. There's a storm that's coming that's too bad. I I can't handle these things because it's such, it's bad. You know, doubt doubt consumes our lives. Where The only thing we see is these problems. We, we, we think I, I, i'm i'm just too weak at problems too big i i can't handle it and in truth no you can't but you know we we, we sound like in Jeremiah 8 chapter chapter 8 verse 20 it says where we look at things we say the harvest is past and the summer is ended and we're not saved oh lord it's just too late this problem is going to be the death of me but you realize you know you know but, but what we don't see is the opportunities when an obstacle comes our way. We don't see the things that we could do. It, it's kind of like spring. You know, spring's here, amen, and I'm going for it. But you think, what comes forth with spring? Pollen, there you go. And I thought about that this week as I started, especially yesterday when I started losing my voice, I'm going, this is just not good. You know, but and not only pollen, but storms come and, and and everything that could go bad, you know, we got to quit looking at the bad things and focus on the good things. You know, the rebirth all around us, is, as Paul said in Philippians chapter 4, verse 13, when he said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You know, I'm sure when David's fighting Goliath, he didn't say, well, I think I'm going to wait until somebody else shows up. I just don't think I can handle this big old giant. No, he said, I'm going to do it. You know, that verse 413 is easy to grasp and we use it, but you know, you really don't get it unless you you read the verses before to understand what Paul was talking about. He, he says in verse 11, he says, not that I speak of want, for I have learned in whatever state I am, therefore to be content. How many of us could say that's us? I ain't got that. It's like I start at 13 and I don't want to go backwards because I don't want to be content where I'm at. I want everything to be great. I want the land of milk and honey. I don't want to have to cross the river to get there. I'm like the 12 spies, 11 of them come back and say, oh, we can't. Pretty, but no, we can't do it. Listen to that verse 12. He says, I know both how to be a base and how to abound. Everywhere in all things I am to abound and suffer need. See, then when you apply 4.13, that I can do all things. Understand that being able to do all things Helps you overcome those obstacles. Seeing where you are saying, hey, God, you've got me here for a reason. That mountain might be high. Maybe I need to learn to climb. That storm might be rough. Maybe I need to learn how to hold on to the boat. Trust you, we're getting to the other side. That giant may look bad, but I've got the stones to defeat them because you gave me the rocks to sling and you're going to do what I need to do because you're going to defeat my giant. You're going to get me to the other side. You're going to help me to the mountaintop. It's not me. Because you think about David. Who would have thought that a a shepherd boy picking up seven stones, he picked up seven, he only needed one. Then I thought about something else. I said, you know, the next letter is you. Doubt makes us unthankful. Have you ever been unthankful for the things that God gives you? Take it for granted? Well, we do, don't we? If if you've watched anything of, of the conflict and the war in Ukraine, it ought to make you thankful for the things that you've got. You think about something, you're able to come to the house of the Lord today to worship and not worried about being shelled. Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 and 2, he said, Then in last days perilous times will come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous boasters, proud blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful and unholy. You know, there's even more in the next two verses, but I wanted to stop there because I said, man, that's so true. Because what happens when you get doubt in your life and you start getting away from God, you start going to these things. You, you you start becoming a lover of your own self. See, doubt makes you unthankful for what God does. And you start wanting what I can get, what I can do. You ever realize a lot of times when you're unthankful for the Lord, you start searching for things to take his place in your life. And it's usually stuff. You start looking at other people and say, well, Lord, look at them. See, that was what Asaph was doing. He was looking at the wicked and he was saying, but Lord, they've got everything. They've got it all. And I don't have what they got. And you're not thankful for the things that God gave you. They're posters, they said. And that's what the problem was. These wicked were saying, look at what we've done. We didn't need God proud, blasphemers, disobedient. Most of all, we become unthankful. Here's a a simple question see if you're thankful. Why are you here today? Why are you here in God's house today? Are you here to worship? Did you come here to get close to the Lord? Jeremiah 33.3 says this. He says, call upon me and I will answer thee and show thee great mighty things which thou knowest not. How I many of you came today? Say, Lord, show me. Open up my eyes. Lord, I've been unthankful for the things in my life. You realize the main reason why we ought to be here, even if you ain't got nothing to be thankful for, is this. Philippians chapter 2, verse 9 and 10. Wherefore God has exalted him and given him a name above every name that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow, of things in earth and things in heaven and things under the earth. We ought to just be thankful that we have a Savior. That's why you should be here today. You should be here because of Jesus. I want to be closer to him. I want to know more about him. I want to worship him because he's worthy of my praise. He's worthy of my time. He's worthy of everything I can give. Quit being unthankful. Today you need to ask yourself, what's the most important thing in your actions? Hebrews 13, 15 says this, By him therefore let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. How many of you have thanked him for allowing you to come today? Or to watch today, or just to be part of today. Next letter is B. Doubt left unchecked brings bitterness. You ever met a Christian who's bitter? You trace it back, there was doubt in their life somewhere. Maybe they didn't get the answer they wanted. In Acts 8:23, disciples said, For I perceive thou art in the gall of bitterness and in the bond of iniquity. I've been there. I was mad. I was upset. Things didn't go the way I wanted. started doubting. started having problems. And it just, it it, it builds. It builds. You ever had a rising come up? Like on your leg? Those are fun, ain't they? When it gets worse. It gets worse. You're like,
0: it's amazing
1: one little b spot, you can touch it, and it feels like somebody shoved a through you. Well, see, that's what bitterness does. Left to unchecked, it gets worse and worse. Before long, that's all you think about it. You're bitter and you're mad, you're upset, you never smile, you're never happy. You know. But you realize something? God's bigger than any of your bitterness. Yeah. He's bigger than any problem you got. And I think sometimes we forget it that. You know, Proverbs 10, 12 says this. It says, hatred stirs up strife. Get that? Hatred stirs up strife. But love covers all sin. Seeing that's what's so good about our God. God loves you even when you're mean, even when you do stupid stuff, even when you make mistakes. He even loves you when you doubt Him. He didn't quit loving Peter because Peter denied him. He didn't quit loving Thomas because Thomas doubted he was alive. He still loves you when you make your mistakes, and that's why he's there with that amazing grace saying, hey, all you got to do is come back. Come back. I'll come get you if I have to. I'll leave the 99 and come to you. Because I love you. You know, there's no bigger love than his. In Romans chapter 8, 38, Paul understood this. You think Paul's under house arrest as he writes this. And he says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? He's chained to two soldiers. And he says, who's going to separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation? Shall distress, persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or the sword. All these things you think are horrible ain't going to separate you from the love of God. He says, as it is written, for thy sakes are we led all day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. He says, basically, get this. We ain't got nothing that, that, that they can't take from you. God still loves you. Because he said, nay, and all these things are more than conquerors. Not because of who you are, not because of what you did, but because of through him that loved us. Then he says, I'm persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things Present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any creature shall be able. To... the jo- The choice, though, is which way do you turn? Do you turn towards doubt and all of its problems? You know, in Isaiah chapter 9, verse two, it says this: I'm between you and your God, and your sins has hid His face from." See, doubt is a sin. And the longer it's in your life, the longer you and the Lord start having problems. You put up things between you and him as not to see them, as not to hear them, as not to listen. And it becomes a choice. See, because the whole time you're doubting, God's trying to get your attention. But a lot of times it's easier to follow the, the the bad way and just say, God, it's your fault, or Lord, I don't understand. You know, the good thing about Asvab is he wrote this. He wrote in, his, in verse 14, he says, For all day long I've been plagued and chastened. Every morning, it's bothered me, he said. If I say I will speak thus, behold, I should offend against the generation of thy children. When I I thought to know this, it was too painful for me. This doubt was gnawing at him. But listen to verse 17. He says, until I went into the sanctuary of God, then I understood their end. He said, Lord, this problem bothered me until I went to your house and I decided it was time. That was it. See, the choice is yours. You can turn to the doubt or you can turn to the Lord. Listen to this in John chapter 1, 1 John, excuse me, chapter 1, verse 9. John tells us this. And I think he learned this from watching Peter. He says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from our unrighteousness. He said, God can take you when you doubt Just say, Lord, I doubt. I God can cleanse you. You see, he, uh, he remembered the words of Jesus, and he wrote them down in John chapter 14, verse 23, and I'm going to close with this. And Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man loves me, he will keep my words. And my Father will love him. And we will come unto him. And we will make our abode with him. See, that's the great thing. When you doubt and you give it to the Lord, he says, I'm still right there with you. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Sometimes we run off. So which way are you going to turn this morning? Every head bowed, every eye closed. Heavenly Fathers, we come to you this morning humbly and approaching the throne of grace. Father, I pray that you, you, you draw us closer. Lord, I know that many of us go through things that cause doubt in our lives. And Lord, doubt can just be like a cancer. It slowly eats away at you. Before long, you find out I'm sick and there's a problem. So, Lord, I pray this morning, whoever is going through a time of doubt in their life, give them the strength that they need to see you. To quit focusing on the obstacles. Quit being unthankful. Quit being bitter and turn to you. So have your way during this invitation. In the Lord's name I pray. Amen. As you stand to your feet as we sing Page 113. 113. The altar is open. Thank you for coming this this beautiful sunday that we got i pray that you don't catch as gina said the pollen (laughs) you know uh, because this stuff just comes up and hits you out of the blue and i know many of you've had it and can't seem to get rid of it and so be much in prayer for everybody lift each other up prayer. remember our our easter egg hunt be praying for it remember our easter service Now's the time to start be asking, Lord, do I need to invite somebody? Who do you, or if they won't come here, pray that they'll go to church somewhere. Mm-hmm. Amen. At yeah. least go anywhere else. So that one that you love that's not where they need to be, say, Lord, wake them up that morning. Make sure they go. Start now. If you want to, bring their names and lay it on the altar, and we'll all join in and pray for them. But lift each other up. A lot of people going through a lot of things here now, so I want to thank y'all for coming today. I hope, and pray you have a blessed and wonderful week. Remember those of our church family that's under the weather, those that's having trouble speaking. You know, yeah, yeah. I, I've heard you know you heard the coughs just now, so you're much in prayer for each other. So I, I pray that you have a wonderful, beautiful week, and I pray that God use you in a great and wonderful way. I'm a weak, this Father, we thank
2: you. We ask by blessing simple Father, we ask you, Father, for those who don't know you as a reward and say for Father, they may have to know you.
1: We thank you that precious name, Father. We
2: have no copy of that music.